Welcome to the Higher Ground Podcast, a show that equips you with kingdom truth, inviting you to take hold of the Father's heart and mind concerning you and your assignment on this side of eternity. Let grace and light flood your way as you listen on this episode. Amen, amen, amen. I want us to read from the book of Numbers chapter 9. Book of Numbers chapter 9. Um, the book of Numbers chapter 9 from verse um, 15, the word of God says, Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, from evening until morning it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it was always the cloud, um, so it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, even that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained and camped. Even when the cloud continued long, Many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped, and according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year, that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain and come and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained and camped. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So you can see that portion of scripture. There's a lot of repetition at the command of the Lord. And it seems like um, the writer of that portion of scripture wants to emphasize something. So you skip seeing the cloud being mentioned again and again. The camping at the command of the Lord. So basically it's a, it's a story that you want to build on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I was, I was wondering what title to give this. I, 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 until today morning, I didn't know what title to give it. But uh, as I was about to leave the house, and a title um, picked up in my spirit. And so um, I'll give you the title, Movement by the Cloud. Hallelujah. Say, Movement by the Cloud. Then you can put there a colon or a semicolon and write it, uh, Secret of divine direction. Hallelujah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a very interesting story in the next couple of minutes we should be done and I just want to encourage us and build our faith as what God has led in my spirit. And, and we see an interesting story of Israelites who God has taken them from captivity and God now wants to shift them to a new experience. Hallelujah. So God has removed them and God has given them a promise that they are supposed to enter a promised land and this promised land, of course, some people had gone even to survey it. 
and they had seen that the land indeed had milk and honey, but also some of them saw giants. Hallelujah. And they say that that land actually eateth up its people. Glory be to God. Now, it's another story of uh, talking about the sons of Anak and the entire giant issue. Um, we don't want to delve into that today, but God had already given them that land, and God now wanted, there was now an interface between um, their area of captivity into their promised land. Hallelujah. And uh, in this interesting journey, God institutes certain things in their journey, in their movement. Uh, some of them were ordinances, some of them were, you know, um, statutes that they needed to follow. Hallelujah. Some were ceremonial cleansing, ceremonial laws, and many other things. And, 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 and as you read some of those things, um, you, you, you learn a lot. Until this point where now we start seeing where God now establishes a navigational system. Praise the Lord. And this navigational system is a system whereby they were being led by a pillar of cloud in the day and then the appearance of fire at night. Hallelujah. But you keep seeing is like this cloud was a manifestation of a direction of God. So much so that whenever the cloud settled on the camp, it didn't matter how many years, didn't matter how many days, didn't matter how many hours, as long as that cloud settled on the camp, they were not supposed to move. I want to imagine what would have happened to them if they moved. Hallelujah. It means God, the all-seeing God, knew they need to stay here. I think also part of it was training them to learn obedience, to learn um, to listen and depend on divine direction. And there are times that the cloud would lift. I want to imagine God assessed and saw that now the way was clear. Hallelujah. He says, now let's move. And sometimes you'd even see Moses praying once the cloud has lifted, saying, Lord, now arise. Let all your enemies scatter because they know as they are moving, something is about to happen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor something is about to happen in your life. Amen. Glory be to God. So I just want us to bring us to this mystery because um, for, for most of us, we live life not understanding that there's something called divine direction. Amen. It may not be a cloud as it was in the old covenant, but it suffice me to say that this cloud that was leading the children of Israel was actually a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And, I, and I'll prove that to you. If you read the book of Exodus chapter 3, when God um, meets Moses for the very first time, um, God is introduced there. Um, it's a very interesting turn and uh, shift of events. Um, let me read from verse 1 very quickly. The Bible says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So an angel. This portion of scripture just describes an angel. So what Moses saw looked like an angel. But, but there's something more about this angel because if you look at, we continue reading on, Bible says, so he looked and beheld the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Now look at verse 4. There's a change of terms now. He's no longer the angel. Now he says, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of a bush and said, uh, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off. 
for the place where you stand is holy ground. More, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. So he's no longer now an angel. He has now shifted to Lord, then God. And then now he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, of the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look upon God. So this was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, some of you ask, why are you so sure? It could have been God the Father. It could have been God the Son. It could have been God the Why do you think it is the Holy Spirit? Now, the Word of God lets us know. We can check the book of Isaiah, chapter 63. He describes um, succinctly who this angel of the Lord's presence, who exactly was. I'm trying to flip the pages. If you are there, say amen. Now, uh, Isaiah 63, verse 9, the Word of God says, uh, read verse 9 and verse 10. In the affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. The angel of his presence saved them. I think sometimes our religious minds cannot comprehend. When you hear the word angel, we think of, you know, a physical being or a supernatural being, you know, in the, in the terrestrial world or celestial world. But actually, the angel just comes from the word angelos, that means a messenger. So when he says, and the angel of his presence saved them, he's actually talking about the one who communicates the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Then he says, in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bore them and carried them all the days of old. He's talking about the Israelites. Now look at verse 10 that reveals the identity of this angel who appeared to Moses. He says, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them. So again, we are seeing how God had instituted the ministry of the Holy Spirit with the manifestation of uh, a pillar of cloud in the day and fire by the night. Hallelujah. So I needed just to bring that to our attention so that I bring us now to where I want us to see. So we see God has established a navigational system. It's the same with our lives currently. You see, we are walking a journey. We, we, know, we, we, we know somehow where we are headed to, but we have never been here before. Hallelujah. You know, this day, you have never lived this day before. Today is uh, 10th of September, 2023. You've never been to 10th of September before, ever in your life. So that's, that's the kind of system God had set because God did not want his children to go into the wilderness or to advance into their promised land by themselves. Hallelujah. Because there's a portion of scripture that says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. So I just want us to talk about this mystery of divine leading. And thereafter, we will pray. And I want to let us know that God prides in us fully depending on him. Hallelujah. For leading. God uh, delights in us fully depending on him for leading. You know, many times we enter life, there are a lot of crises. We don't know what to do. You know, we wonder, so what is next for me? What, what am I going to do next? But I want us to understand that God thrives or delights in us depending on him for leading. Now, you read the book of John 14, verse 18. I'm going to read so many verses. Um, I'm going to read so many verses, uh, so I hope you will catch up with me. Now, the word of God, this is Jesus talking to his disciples at a time that they were very saddened about his... Um, his death, you know, they had, they had left their enterprises. These guys, some of them were established fishermen. Some of them were bankers, you know, whatever it is they were doing in their time. They were people who were serious business people. And there was an attraction they saw in Christ, 
and they stayed with him. I remember some of them asking him, Jesus, show us your house. You know, the first time some of them met him. And he went and showed them, come and see. He said, this guy, there's something he has. They started following him. They saw the miracles. They saw the dominion. They saw the kind of authority this guy had. In fact, some of them actually thought that this guy was going to become a political leader. Because the guy had so much influence. Hallelujah. And so at a time when now he's telling them, wait a minute, guys, I'm going to die. And they are saddened by this. So Jesus had now to come and comfort them with these words. In John 14, verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. Tell a neighbor, comfortless. Now, the, the word there is the word orphanos. It's the same word we use for orphans. So he says, I will not leave you like orphans, because that is the feeling they had. This was someone who guided them. I'm, I'm not sure if any of them was sick for the three and a half years that he was with them. He healed them of all their diseases. They saw the kind of power he wielded. At a time he's about, says, I will not leave you orphanos. This, this portion of scripture for me means everything. Sometimes I pray and, and the verse just comes in my spirit. And, and that word orphanos means bereaved. It means parentless. It means fatherless. Then he says, I will come to you. If there are people who face a lot of challenges in this life are orphans. You know, people who... You see, when you have your parents, you, you have something. Even if they are not rich. Even if they don't have so much. I mean, when things go wrong, you can go back to your parents. But there are people who literally don't have parents. And for them, most of them, they start life disadvantaged. Praise the Lord. There's no one to speak for them. There's no one, even if they live with other people. You see, they are not treated the same way as, as, the, as the bona fide children of that home. So you find orphans... They go through a lot. That's why God says, I am the father to the orphans. Because he understands the pain of orphans. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he says, I will not leave you orphanos. He says, I will not leave you bereaved. I will not leave you parentless. But he says, I will come to you. And that coming to you meant he was coming to them in the form of the spirit. Hallelujah. Because God delighted in leading and delights in leading his people. Every year, we have migration of birds. You know, sometimes if you watch National Geographic, you find some amazing things. You find birds migrating all the way from Europe to Africa just to come and feed. And somehow, these birds know their way back to Europe. They don't have a radar. They don't have a control, you know, tower that says, you know, tango, 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 you know, those, those things. <laughs> How, okay, let, let me not talk about Europe because maybe some of us, maybe it's, it's a strange concept. Maybe just in the village. How many of us have reared chicken in the village? Your, your chicken can go play with other chicken in the neighboring villages. You know, they can go in nearby houses as far as they can go. But somehow this chicken will find its way home. Somehow. I don't know what landmarks they use. I, I, I can't tap into the world of chicken. Like the chicken just knows that this is, this is the home I came from. I know dogs have a, another system where they pee along the way. They pee. However far they go, they'll come back, smell their pee, and, and, and you know, come, come back home. Okay? Anyway, um, that's just uh, dog psychology. Amen? Yeah, so, so they, they, you find God has put a navigational system. Even in lower animals, birds, they, they have a way of, of knowing, you know. I was watching the other day National Geographic, and they were talking about whales. You can find a whole, I don't know what you call a group of, this is a school of whales, a school of whales, yeah? 
You can find there is a, what's the child of a whale called? A whalelet. You can find there are so many whalelets there. Allow me to use that. Sorry. Nitaenda niombe school fees back when he refund. It's a calf. Thank you, Libe. I went to a group of schools. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of us just went to homes. Eh? <laughs> just homes, homes, you know. So, so the calf, there are so many calves, and the whale has only one calf. Among the so many, the whale can go away and go and hunt, and will just come and somehow find his calf. It's a navigational system God has created. Why is it that as human beings who are at the zenith of God's creation, why is it that us human beings are the pinnacle, at the heart of God, we somehow are the most confused in the universe. We are confused about our gender. We are confused about biology. Think that us, I think animals, if, if one day in the judgment day, they look at us and say, you people, surely. How could you behave like that? You, you don't see a door. I mean, it's interesting. You don't see a cock, you know, mounting another cock. It's, it's interesting. Because as human beings, we are very confused because we have lost touch with our navigational system. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's, it's interesting phenomenon. Just check around. And you find the scriptures let us know that God actually has desired for us to have a navigational system. Praise the Lord. The book of um, Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. The word led there means... To bring along, to drive, to pass, to carry, and to lead. He says, as many as are led, as many as are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. They are the sons. Notice it doesn't say they are the children of God. They are the sons of God. Because sons, sons are heroes, okay? And sons are mature. People who have matured in the things of God. The Bible says those ones, as many as are led. They're the ones who understand divine direction and divine leading. But as long as they remain children, then they fall out of that category of many who are led. Because children are nepios. Nepios are led by their feelings. They are led by the environment. They are led by other things. But true sons, or what you call huios, hey, that word is difficult. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the heroes of God. They are the true sons of God. The very sons of God that Bible says, the earnest expectation of a creation awaiteth. The manifestation, not of Nepios, but of sons, heroes of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say led by the Spirit. And then I'm just trying to build up. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, knowing this first, 2 Peter 1, 20, knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, verse 21 says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved. Say moved. Say moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So there's something called the moving. The moving of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You're talking about divine direction, talking about movement by the cloud. And, and, and this is going to be very important, especially if we are to take territories for God. If we, are to, if we are to conquer the places that God has wanted us to conquer, then we must be very sensitive to divine direction. We must be very sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. Hallelujah. 
Now, the question I know we are about to ask, when I was reading um, that portion in the book of Numbers, you know, I, I imagined myself that I'm just seated somewhere and I'm just there because the cloud is there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not advancing in my career. I am not, you know, I have plans, I have everything, but because the cloud has sat and there is no, <laughs> there is no policy document that you can come and tell God now, please show us the timelines. <laughs> show us the, you know, we want to see, we want to see with clarity. For how long are we going to stay here? No, he's the one who determines. He can determine for six hours, you are there and says, rise up. You say, Lord, I'm tired. He says, no, it's time to move. Some other times you can stay. Ten years, the cloud is just there sitting. You're wondering, people are coming, they're going. They're advancing. People are doing their PhDs. Other people are, but you, for you, the cloud has rested on your tabernacle. The Lord is saying, I'm still working on you. What do you think David felt when his brothers were in the battlefront and him is just in the backside of the wilderness? And Bible says actually he was tending over some few sheep. Few sheep, few. But that time the cloud was, <laughs> was, was, was resting for him. Then one day that cloud lifted. And it lifted through the father. Say, go check up on your brothers. When he showed up, there was a movement. I don't think that David just walked into the battlefield just like any... There was something moving David. When he arrived at the battlefield, the cloud had already moved ahead of him. Hallelujah. And starting up, put something in him that said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he dare defy the armies of God? Suddenly he began, he was disturbed in his spirit because the cloud had moved. Hallelujah. But had he decided early when he was given a few sheep, say, no, this one is too bad. I, I need to go into the battlefield. Real men are in the battle. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there, there is a mystery of divine direction that is very specific for everybody. That's why you cannot I cannot compare myself to Dr. Jared. His cloud may have moved. Mine has said stay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the, the question then we need to ask very fast is, how does God lead us? The honest truth, I don't know if this has happened to you. How many of you have wondered for a long time? Me, I used to wonder for a long time. These people who come and say, God spoke to me and told me. How many have ever wondered, how did God speak to them, you know? Okay, at least I have one witness. For you, I, I assume the rest of us, God, as you are the people who have been saying that. Hallelujah. So maybe after this, we should have a Q&A session with you. So that uh, <laughs> you let us know how he does it. Amen. You know, I used to wonder someone says, God told me today that God told, how? How do you hear God, you know? How did he tell you? Did you hear an audible voice? Did he show up? And they would be very confident. I remember one day watching a televangelist, a, a, a great man of God I really honor. And he came to a lady in the, in the congregation and said, Wait, with a lot of bold. He says, God tells me you have cancer. Then the lady says, I don't have. He says, God tells me you have cancer. He says, I don't have. God tells me you have cancer. I don't have. God has actually, it's either I'm wrong or I will quit to be an evangelist. Eesh. I'm like, how, how can a man be so confident? He told the lady, God tells me you have cancer. The lady began to cry. She was crying because she had been taught about this confession thing. Don't confess negative. Don't, but she had cancer. She, she had gotten the but she, she was told not to. <laughs> don't confess it. So the man of God is saying, you have cancer. I don't have. I don't have, but she has it, okay? That's when I realized, of course, faith 
cause things which are not as though they are, but not the other way around. Faith does not call things which are as though they are not. Okay? But I was just amazed. How did God tell him that there was cancer? Cancer. You know, even us as doctors, before you have to use investigations, you have to use machines, you know, imaging, you have to look right, and even with that, you need to take a piece of meat for you to confirm. This one just told him. So I used to wonder, how does God lead people? How does God lead you, for example? And someone wakes up and says, God spoke to me in the night. Hey, and then you feel, you feel less spiritual. You feel, hey, this is one Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tell her never, this is in your two So Proverbs 22 verse 27 says, Oh, I love this verse. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Say, my spirit is a candle of the Lord. So, primarily, where God leads you from is in your spirit, okay? I think by now it is established fact, we have been taught here severally, that man is a spirit, man possesses a soul, and man lives in a body. Hallelujah. I think we need to say that over and over again until we realize our true, the true you. You see, the, the true Dr. Hans I'm looking at now is not what I'm seeing physically, okay? The real Dr. Hans is the spirit man. Hallelujah. The one that came from God. So God leads us by the spirit. He says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching the inward parts of the belly. So where God leads you is here. Praise the Lord. Where God leads you is where? Where God leads you is in your spirit, okay? I'm pointing here just to refer to your inner side, okay? I'm not talking about your stomach. I'm talking about your spirit. Amen? Because some of us are led by our stomachs. Amen? We make stomach decisions. Glory be to God. So he says the spirit of man, the spirit, not the mind, not, 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 not the flesh. He says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. We, were, we just felt there's a green light. And when we asked, we realized was strategic, the price was favorable, way favorable than what we had thought. Because at some point we were like, I'm a hapa, uh, let's try. But when you arrived at this place, for both of us, there was, a, there was a, a peace in our spirit. Praise the Lord. So I'm talking about that kind of a leading. Is is something that is inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, there is a communication between your spirit and your mind. And this is where now I need to bring a concept that for me, for so long I never understood um, why? And it became simple for me. Um, Bible says in Job 32 verse 8, Job 32 verse 8, but there is a spirit in man, Job 32 verse 8, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Hallelujah. So something happens that God communicates uh, in our spirits, and then there is now an inspiration of the whole Almighty God that giveth understanding our mental faculties. Hallelujah. And uh, that's why the Bible says also in John 14, 26, but the comforter, John 14, 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to where? Your remembrance. So there's a place of transfer of information now to your remembrance. Then he says, 
whatsoever I have said unto you. This is powerful. Because some of us, we have had thoughts that you, you, you dismissed. A thought crossed your mind. God was actually speaking to you, but you just thought it is you thinking. You just wondered, you know, I just thought about this. I just thought about this. So now that is now the communication. God leads you from your spirit, but then there is an inspiration. There is an inspiration that comes and now uh, fills your mind. And Bible says that the spirit shall bring now to you a memory. It shall bring to you a remembrance so that you are able to articulate the voice of God. You are able to articulate the direction of God concerning our lives. Hallelujah. So it's, it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon. God leads us in our spirit. He quickens and, and, and illuminates our minds so that we can be able to comprehend. There has to be a connection. Hallelujah. That is even the same concept around dreams because some dreams come from God. Not every dream comes from God. The dream is deposited in your spirit, but there is now a communication with your, with, with your mental realm. That's why you wake up in the morning and you remember that dream. Hallelujah. God sometimes even has to use imagery because God does not speak English. I think by now you've heard that. I think Libea said it so many times. The, the language of God is God language, okay? So when God communicates to you, amen, you wonder what is that God language, okay? <laughs> You'll know it when God speaks to you. So when God communicates, sometimes now God has to look for things which are now in your subconscious mind to communicate a concept, to communicate an idea. That's how you can dream you can dream and say, ah, I saw this in my dream. I saw that in my dream. It is now the, the communication, the empowering of our mental faculties to align with the message that God is bringing to our spirits. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He says he will bring all things to your remembrance. How can this be, some of us ask? The answer is in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. Today I'm just reading scriptures. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. That's why when you have a sanctified mind, you can trust God to lead you in your spirit and the communication to your mind will be an accurate voice of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of them just come like sudden thoughts that enters your mind. A sudden idea that enters your mind and you know this one has come from no any other place. This has come from the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, we have the mind of Christ. This is why it's very important that our minds are constantly renewed. So much so that when we constantly fill our thoughts with the divine thoughts and divine realities, then we, we find uh, divine direction is very easy. We can know what God is saying about a situation. We can know when the cloud is said sit. We can know when the cloud has said move. We can know when the cloud has said sit. We can know the cloud when the cloud has said move because we understand that now we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. And then something even more glorious is in Philippians 2 verse 13. It says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That means that every child of God, when we are lovers of God, God will begin now to put desires in us. He says he's the one who is working in you, both to will and to do. So there's a willingness that comes. You find um, maybe you are, you are a serious sinner. 
You come to Christ and immediately, now you want to evangelize to people. Why? It is now God working in you, both to will and to do. To will and to do. Even the one creates those desires in you. So that now you can sense that it is now God leading you. And as we keep renewing our minds, then we find that we are aligning with that cloud. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. So there's a place where now we have to renew our minds. That's why this is not for carnal believers. Because carnal believers will, will always, our minds will be carnal. The Bible says to be carnally minded is, is enmity against God. Hallelujah. But when we are spiritually minded, then we can pick what God is leading us concerning whatsoever situation um, that we are in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, I think Liber had read uh, verse 1 of it during the prayers. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. The word is metamorphosed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. I've come to realize that the word of God says that there are parts that God had preordained for us. The book of Ephesians. There are parts that he had preordained for us. The only way for us to discover these parts is if we listen to the leading of the Spirit. That actually means God had a plan for even the school you should attend. God had a plan for the course you should do. God had a plan for, because God is the most detailed planner. If the word of God says, Jesus said that even the very numbers of hair, hair on our head, he has numbered them. How detailed can God be? God has planned even the kind of associations we should have. The people who we call them destiny helpers. He had already preordained them before time. So that when you, because when he told Jeremiah, he says, I knew you before I formed thee in your mother's womb. I knew you. It means that I had a plan for you. I had already established your boundaries. I had already established your location. You were not born in Kakamega for, you know, by, by chance or by fluke. You are not born in Kibra by fluke. God had already arranged everything. You know your parents, maybe for you it was a, was a, was a contraceptive failure for your parents. This time, God had known, praise the Lord. The other day, I delivered a woman who had her tubes closed, I think three years ago. Closed. In fact, they even showed her evidence. Closed. And now she has a baby. Is it by the Holy Ghost? I don't know. But God had determined what looked like a failure, what looked like an accident, what looked like it was a teenage pregnancy, you know. God had already established it was not a divine accident. Hallelujah. It may have been a physical accident, but it was not a divine accident. Because God is extremely detailed. He had already planned. He knew you were coming, okay. He's not like our earthly parents who just... When I took her when you're 14 years of age, like, oh, you've been around. They have no plan for you. Hallelujah. God is extremely detailed. Amen. When I took her to Kiwa 10 years, like Anna plan. Okay? They have nothing, no plan for you. You are just surviving. I can be a Buddha. Jesus. Hallelujah. You are 10 years. You don't know what to do. God had a plan for us. So that means that for us to, to find this path, we have always to keep depending on Him. Because we have never been here to before. Hallelujah. We have never been here to before. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor we have never been here to before. Yeah. 
And that's why he says, if you turn to the left or to the right, you will hear a voice telling you, this is the way. You know, some of us, probably when you are a teenager, you are, you are, you are the, but your parents kept praying, kept praying. You are turning to the left. After a while, you just hear that voice saying, this is the way you're walking in it. Hallelujah. Because God has a plan for us. Amen. And that's what God told me to come and share with you, that God wants to lead and guide us. But we must be vulnerable to that cloud. Amen. We must be vulnerable to that cloud. When the cloud says go, we go. When the cloud says stay, we stay. No matter how long it may be. No matter how painful it may be. No matter the experience we have to go through. If the cloud has says stay, stay. You might say, but the, how, how comes the cloud is staying? Does not understand that I, 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 I want to uh, rise faster in the corporate ladder. The cloud is saying stay. The cloud is saying stay, but you know you have an anointing for nations. Hallelujah. You know very well. In fact, the other day, God showed you that you are going to, you know, raise the dead. And you know, but the cloud says stay. Hallelujah. Then a time comes and now the cloud lifts up. You know, the environment is rife for you and you have the backing of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What are some of the ways in which God gives us direction? Number one, and I'll go over this very fast, is the word of God. And uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the word of God is one of the primary ways in which God gives us direction. That's why the longer we spend in the word, the more we imbibe of God's word, then the easier it is for us to walk even in the directions of God. When it comes to the word of God, I'm moving a bit fast. We have two things. We have the logos, or what is called the written word of God. The logos. Say the logos. The logos is the written word. But then we also have what is called the rema word. Hallelujah. The rema word is the quickened word. And the one that will give you extreme victory is rema. Because there are times you don't know. I mean, okay, let's, let's just think. We know someone like Moses, all right? We know Moses, right? You know Moses, the one who wrote the first five books of the Old Covenant, right? Now, which book did Moses have to refer to as his Bible? Book. Maybe, maybe some people have written some scrolls, I don't know, but which, which book? Even before the New Testament came, it wasn't there. But the apostles seemed to be led perfectly by God. In fact, they did things that maybe some of us are still yet to do. Why? Because they were, they were attentive to the rema, the quickened word, the now word. What is God saying now? Because you may read the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, which is very good. But when you have the choice between two jobs, show me which verse that you're going to Find KPLC versus uh, Sport Pesa. You have been called for an interview. You have passed both of them. Where should you go? Which verse has that exact word for you that you can go and say, God has directed me not to go to Mpesa based on the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse this. You never find that. That's why you know you need the Rema word. Praise the Lord. You need the word for now. What is God saying now in this situation? Because that is an inspired word for that moment. That's the same way God even created the universe. Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed not by the logos, but by the rema of 
God. Hallelujah. So it means the spirit had to brood over the face of the deeps. Then when, when, when the inspiration was sufficient enough, the word was spoken and it was so. That's the same reason why you can speak a word which was not inspired and nothing may happen. Okay? Yet someone just comes and says, be healed. They're inspired. Okay? Even Jesus had to wait on the Holy Ghost. Bible says Jesus will show up in meetings like this. And Bible says, and the power of God was present to heal. It means he didn't attempt to heal without the power being present. He had to be sure that this is what the cloud wants. Okay? The cloud wants to heal, then we'll heal. Hallelujah. So anyway, the first way God leads us is the word. That's why everything that whatever leading we get, however leading we get, we must check it with the word of God. Hallelujah. And of course, with the correct interpretation, because I've realized we say that and cults keep forming left, right, and center. And these cults are based on scriptures. Someone will just show you this, this cult, this cult, they say, they go, the book of Exodus, this, this, and this, they find where maybe God told Israelites to slaughter some animals, then a cult has started. Now, slaughtering animals international. Praise the Lord. So it has to be a correct interpretation of the word. Hallelujah. And remember this same word the Bible says is the sword of the spirit. The word is the sword of the spirit. Hallelujah. Another way that um, God leads us, this is just general, is through what you call the inward witness. I love this, the inward witness. It's through what is called the inward witness. It's very difficult to explain this. But it's just a knowing. Tell your neighbor a knowing. I know people have attempted to explain it in so many ways. I read a book where I was trying to explain using traffic lights, where you feel there's a red light in your spirit. That one is God saying no. Then when you feel there's a green light in your spirit, that one is God saying yes. It's very difficult to explain it, but I know there's an inward witness that we have every time. And sometimes we can't explain it in our heads, okay? Because, you know, it's the same reason why you see, the, the spirit realm not, not, does not necessarily, um, sometimes it even looks independent from the soul, okay? That's the reason why you can find your conscience is not clear about something, but your mind is trying to rationalize it, okay? You know, your conscience is pricking you, but your mind is saying, no, no one will know. No, in fact, it's not, it's not how you think about, think about it again. It's your mind talking to you. But your conscience, the leading of God in your inner man is very clear. This is a no. But your mind wants to justify, rationalize, you know, stuff like that. So there's what is called the inward witness. Inward witness. I remember many years ago, there's, uh, for those of us in medical school, there's this course that you do called Bachelor of Science in Human Anatomy. And um, you do it after second year. You did for one year, you graduate, and then continue. I was never interested in this course, never. I mean, I was like, how can people be so foolish and waste one year of their life and me, I want to finish, get married, do, 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 give, uh, serve Jesus and all that. So I never bothered at all. They used to come to class and say, if you're interested, the application deadline is this day. Uh, I, I, I mean, for me, it was a no. How can I waste one year? Then one day, I think four days to the deadline, one day, just showed up in class. Uh, those days we were living in Kenya Science. And then when I, when I heard that advert, there was a burning inside of me. Like I'm being pushed, compelled, pushed. Ah! I'm like, what? Suddenly now this thing is not leaving me. 
I'm being compelled and my mind knows this. I shouldn't be doing this, but my spirit, I'm being led. So I, it was such a push that literally I had to get my laptop, start application process, and send. Of course, I sent and uh, I didn't think much about it, but I got that opportunity to do it. But later on, I asked how, because I realized everybody, we were, six, we were four of us, the other three, uh, were six of us were called to the interview, and uh, they took four of us out of the six. And later on, I just got to understand that I was actually the best among them. And of the six who came for the interview, I was the only one who had showed no interest in that department. No interest. Because normally when people used to go for long holidays, me, I would go to Migori County. People were there helping professors to do research. People, I mean, people, so you know, for an interview, that's, that's a plus. Because it means you've been excited. Uh, you've shown interest in the department. I was the only one. In fact, me, I was wondering, guy, me, does this one has been doing a project with Professor so-and-so. This one has started a program, and, uh, 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 you know, a uh, computer-based program in the department. These guys were revolutionizing the department even before the interview. Hallelujah. But the one God pushed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's like this story of um, this king who took guys to a pool of, of water full of crocodiles. And then he said, the one who will swim across, you know, will be the one to marry my daughter. Hallelujah. So guys were there, everyone panicking and all that. Then someone just jumped in the pool. The other side, okay, given the daughter. But no people are like, clapping. hey, how did you do it? The guy was wondering, who pushed me? Who pushed me into that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody pushed him. Hallelujah. Sometimes there is need for the push of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So the inward witness that you can sense, even when someone comes and gives you a prophetic word, you can sense in your spirit, that is not for me, that is for me. Hallelujah. That's the same way you can even test spirits through the inward witness. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The other way is uh, God can sometimes lead us through dreams and visions. That you'll find in Joel chapter 2 verse 28. I have short time, so I need to move a bit faster. Dreams and visions. Uh, dreams and visions. I think I, I, I thrive more in visions than dreams. Uh, my wife thrives more in dreams than visions. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting how God can lead us. And these are areas that also we have to, to be also sometimes very careful, especially when it comes around dreams. We need to know that dreams come from various sources. And there's a whole uh, learning we need to take around dreams and visions. But these are ways also that God can lead you. Some of us, when you go to pray, suddenly you start seeing stuff. Um, by the grace of God, sometimes if I go to minister, I see like a video before of, of, of the meeting. Sometimes I can even see how people are dressed. So I think sometimes God uses it to encourage me. <laughs> so that when I show up and I see it, I'm like, okay, so this message was, was right. Huh? So sometimes you can see that. You can, you can see visions. You can see, and there are various types of visions. There's an open vision, a closed vision. There's a trance, like you find in the Bible where people fell in trances, and then they, they picked a vision from the Lord. Um, it, it's a whole thing that we may not need to discuss today, but those are some of the ways that God can lead you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think if I see dreams, if there's one person I, I, I know dreams a lot is my wife, and sometimes it has become challenging. I remember, um, last, was it last year? Yes. Last year, when I was just planning to propose to her, I was serious. Boom. 
It was tight. I only shared it with two people, and I knew those people were not, they could not leak information. So it's a Friday, and we are proposing this to happen on a Tuesday. And we are, I met my wife in, the, in a restaurant, and she tells me, Chad, I had a dream that you were about to surprise me. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. God, you need to cancel this dream. I mean, I remember I even shared with Mama. <laughs> I just had a dream. And imagine, I, that idea had conceived it on Thursday, the night before. I called some of my friends like, guys, I think it's time. Uh, let's do this. I'm thinking of Tuesday, this and this and this and this. It was Thursday. I'm meeting on Friday. So it's like when I thought about it, God just transmitted it into a dream for her that night. And so I was like, should I cancel this so that I, I cheat her system a bit? Hallelujah. So, um, so dreams, dreams and visions, amen? And, and, and for her, she dreams a lot. I think she does. When we started dating earlier then, I used to ignore those dreams. Because for her, she even saw in a dream that she was going to be married to someone called Ocheng. So I used to say, you cannot manipulate me with dreams. Hallelujah. <laughs> I refuse to be manipulated. I refuse to manipulate until one day, I think last year, I just saw her. She has a book called A Dream Book where she writes every dream she has. I saw the accuracy. I said, you are my prophet now. Hallelujah. <laughs> so nowadays when she tells me she dreamt something, I'm very keen to listen because I know there's a consistency. I mean, she saw things even in a season in my life that were not even together, but she wrote all of them. Hallelujah. So there are people God gives that grace for dreams and, and, and they know it. Sometimes God can use nature and natural uh, phenomena to, 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 to lead us. And that's why we, we need also to be sensitive on that. I remember some of these things are also very um, controversial. Like, you remember about the three wise men who came to see Jesus? They were actually led by a star. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And they came and landed to where the, the, the Christ was. They saw his star. Now, if you enter some of these things, you can also enter into demonic territory. But God sometimes can use nature. Sometimes you find um, you can be in a season where there's so much drought until you find people saying, no, guys, let, maybe we have sinned. Let us repent before the Lord. Then once people begin to repent, suddenly it starts to rain. <laughs> Hallelujah. So natural phenomena sometimes can communicate the voice of God. Hallelujah. You're in a season and things, because the Bible says, if my people were called by my name, shall humble themselves, seek my face, repent, then I will heal their land. So sometimes the, the malady in the land can be a voice of God to our people. Glory be to God. Other times, God can use people to communicate with us. I mean, there was a, was a, there was a captain called Naaman. God used his, his house help to bring his healing. Hallelujah. That's why we need to, to sometimes even not have attitude against anybody. Because God, God's voice can be spoken even to the person you least expected. You can be walking into a place and... Uh, the, the soldier just tells you, uh, boss, no, 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 pack up. God is speaking to him. You go there, at the end of the day, you come with a flat tie, you wonder. But God has spoken to the soldier for me to pack here. Glory be to God. So God sometimes can use people to, to speak to us. Some other times God can also use the fivefold ministers. Because he says that he has made some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers. Uh, and some pastors for the equipping of the saints. So God can use the fivefold um, to, to speak to us. I'll give an example of this. In Just when I had finished, uh, I'd finished college, medical school, and as is a custom of everybody, we normally have these uh, graduation parties, okay? 
They're very good because anyway, we someone normally says that achievers need to celebrate achievements, okay? So we were here, and at that time, um, I had wanted to actually do my internship at Kikuyu Hospital. And uh, somehow, I was unsuccessful. And I remember it brought me down because I, I really wanted Kikuyu Hospital. It was very strategic for me. So I took on another internship center. So when we were having this graduation party in the village, in the village, with people who barely knew me, so one of the pastors was asked to pray. And he called me forward and started praying for me. And he said, as he was praying, he said, God is telling me you're going to be retained in your internship center. Okay, I, I learned to listen to this pastor because he had also prophesied some time back and said, I see you flying to another medical school, which happened. So I wrote that down. I had not even started internship. He said I would be retained. So you can imagine, in my internship period, I was just looking for opportunities. Ah! Someone being fired, you know, someone changing jobs, nothing. Everything looks tight. So at some point I said, either God spoke, but I will not hang on that prophecy too much. If, if it is not the will of God, because now I started living in internship. I was very intentional where I was. I also didn't want to create any systems of disfavor. I was very, you know, diligent and all that. So, long story short is normally we have like five rotations for internship. So, we had done the four rotations which were holding me in the hospital. And at that point, I gave up on that prophecy. Because I remember we were given a notice of how many days to vacate <laughs> The hospital, the same place that's been prophesied that I would be retained. So we vacated. We, I came and lived somewhere along Pika Road and did other things. Forgot about it. This was in November. So I paid rent in December. Just on, and by the way, the honest truth is I said, okay, maybe that man of God missed it, or maybe this, maybe I came to the wrong center. Maybe I'm the one who <laughs> I did not align with the prophecy. On 2nd of January, I got like an urgent call. Dr. Chad, where are you? I said, I'm in the village. Do you have somewhere where you are working? I said, no. Uh, we have an opportunity for you. Are you available tomorrow? <laughs> Bless God. I took the next bus. I said, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> I said, ah. So I came and said, so you know, you're one of the good interns. And, you know. So what had actually happened was, for that prophecy to happen, there's the, my predecessor got a sudden opportunity December 20th. He kept quiet because he knew if I say this, they might not give me my salary for December. So he kept quiet until 31st. <laughs> I think 31st of, of December. He said, guys, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm gone. So it was an, an emergency. And who did they think of? The one who the prophecy had been prophesied about. Hallelujah. I actually looked at that and said, God never lies. Amen. God never lies. Praise the Lord. I think I have two more minutes. Yeah, so God sometimes... Can use a fivefold, you know, to, to speak over our lives. There are times we even have cashers here and God releases a word. Personally, I run with that word. Amen. There are other times God can also use angelic activities. Like you remember the uh, story of Cornelius, where he was led by an angel and told to go and look for Peter. I'm moving very fast. Sometimes God can use an audible voice. You can hear a voice. You wonder, wait, who spoke to me? You know, like, um, like Samuel. Samuel had an audible voice and thought it was Eli who was calling him. So God sometimes can use an audible voice. Now I need to caution us about this. We are not to seek for these voices. I know so many people in Madare Hospital who have arrived there because they were looking 
to hear an audible voice. And the devil camouflaged as an angel of light and started giving them voices. We call them uh, auditory hallucinations, but they're voices they're hearing. These are things that God does at his own will. The primary way God leads all his children is through the inward witness and through his word. Hallelujah. The others are bonuses. If God decides to give you an open trance, that's it. I mean, Paul talks about, he says, I know a man 14 years ago who went to the third heavens. It was not an everyday thing for this man to go to the third heavens. It was something, he says, whether in the flesh or in the spirit, I don't know. It just happens by the will of God. Praise the Lord. And some other times, and I want to finish with this, is that God sometimes can use circumstances. God sometimes can use, even the bad ones, they can be God leading us. And that's how sometimes we also need to be very careful. When you look at a bad and negative situation, you need to find out information. What is God saying in this, info, in this situation? I remember I was so dejected when I missed going to Kikuyu Hospital. I was, I was like, God, you don't love me, you know? Of course, I didn't tell him that, but I know he picked it up. Like, I felt I'd been praying for this. I thought I did the interview exceptionally well. In fact, I remember Brother Hage is the one who came because he was the internship coordinator. He came to give, break the news to me before the D-Day. He told me, bro, how are you? And I came to my room and said, I'm, I'm struggling to see your name in the list for Kikuyu. And it's okay. God has his own plans. But I decided, Lord, I'll praise you either way. And I'm looking at how my life has turned out. I thank God that I didn't get that opportunity. Hallelujah. There are some situations that can happen in your life. There's that brother you really loved. You had dreamed about them that, you know, <laughs> going to heaven and earth yeah, will pass away, but your love will never pass away with this guy. And somehow God just did stuff. Things happened and you had a severe heartbreak. If you don't learn to thank God in all things, one day you look back and say, ah, thank God. Thank God. You meet that brother in the streets like, ah, this was the one who was to marry me, this one. You ah. The fellow is a swindler. The fellow is everything. He has been in all prisons. You know, he's been to all police cells. You're like, thank God. Hallelujah. That's why we need to assess even the negative situations in, in, a, in a very interesting way. Because sometimes God is the one who has put that roadblock there. Because he's, he loves us. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And God whispered in my ear and said to tell someone that no matter what you have gone through, he is the one leading you. Hallelujah. No matter the difficulty you've had to go through, no matter the challenges you're facing now, I know for some of us you have questions in your heart, in your mind. You're wondering for how long is this season going to be? But God is saying stay put because I'm the one who is leading you. He says the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. The, the book of Psalms says that he leadeth me in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He's the one who leads us. Hallelujah. So God is saying to somebody that no matter, no matter what is happening now, he's the one who is leading you. Never forget that. Hallelujah. You may be in a dungeon right now. You may be in a difficult place right now. You may be in a place of uncertainty. But remember, the captain is with you. He's the one who Bible says will never leave you orphanos. He says, I will never leave you as orphans. Just want us to rise up on our feet as we pray. He says, I'll never leave you as orphans. I will be with you. He says, I'm with you always. Say, he's with me. Say, he's with me. Say, he's with me. It's called movement by the cloud. doesn't matter what you have to go through. The only important thing is that God is with you. This is how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. 
went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It says, for God was with him. It was the same God with Joseph in the pit. The same God with Joseph in the prison. And the same God with Joseph in the palace. It doesn't matter as long as God is with you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening on this episode of the High Ground Podcast. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or on any streaming platform that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the notifications so that you get alerted next time we have something new on the show. Much love from Pastor Lorene and the rest of the Higher Ground family. Until next time, Kingdom Blessings. Thank you.